76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 76ers. I'm your host, Keith Pompey. Happy Wednesday to you. It's Wednesday, December the 12th. Um, we'll talk about three things today. The first, we're going to talk about, you know, Furcom Korkmaz, how his emergence as a, you know, a, a solid um, backup, you know, a guy who could come in and give you some buckets, and how the Sixers may regret not picking up his option. I mean, he's proven to be uh, a capable NBA player, and um, I mean, since the Jimmy Butler trade, I have to say that he's benefited the most of anyone. So that's on the first segment. The second segment, we're going to talk a little bit about Jimmy Butler again. I mean, what's a podcast without talking about Jimmy Butler? But what we're going to talk about is how, you know, the Sixers are saying he's doubtful after the groin strain. Uh, No significant damage um, in his MRI. Uh, So it will reveal no significant damage. So basically, instead of him being listed as out, he's doubtful um, for today's game. And and I think that that's a blessing for the 76ers. Now, I don't expect him to, you know, to play today or anything like that. Um, who knows? He may even take a couple more games off. But at the same time, they kind of escaped what could have been a disastrous situation. And thirdly, I just want to break in the third segment, I want to break down um, tonight's uh, game, so to speak, against Brooklyn. You know, the Nets, believe it or not, the Nets um, have a better record, <clears throat> excuse me, trying to get over a little cold or trying to handle a cold, but the Nets have a better record at on the road than they do at home. Um, so I think they're 6-8 and eight on the road and they're 4-10 and 10 at home. So, you know, this one will be interesting. I think the 76ers will get them, but that's just worth noting that this team a team that's defeated the Sixers at home in Brooklyn are actually better on the road. But, hey, before we we get on to this, I want you guys to know, you know, this is the podcast Locked On Sixers is one that you guys can listen to five days a week. We're the only podcast to cover the Sixers that comes out five days a week. Um, and, And for my credentials, you know, I am Keith Pompey, as you guys all know. I cover the 76ers for uh, the Philadelphia Inquirer. My stuff also runs in the Philadelphia Daily News and on philly.com. Um, you can listen and follow for free this podcast at app on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, excuse me. And you can play Locked On Sixers on your smart speakers by saying, play podcast locked on sixers so what you can do is just you know tell your friends um about this great you know new podcast well actually not new i've been around for a year a year now but you could tell your friends about a great new podcast to them for them all right <clears throat> furcon Corkmise. you know you look at furcon Corkmise, and i remember before the jimmy butler trade um, around the time when it was, you know, in October when the team was uh, basically about to pick up options. You know, you find out that the Sixers really weren't 
going to. Now, the Sixers said they were considering it, but when you're considering something and and you already pick up the option of the other players like Ben Simmons, Dario Saric, um, Markel Folks, but you don't pick up Furkan Korkmaz options, it leads you to believe that they're not going to pick it up. And I know they were considering trading him, but yet it later came out that part of the reason why they were considering trading him because he wanted to be traded. Um, he felt as if that he wasn't getting the playing time that he deserved. And when you look at it, before the Sixers agreed upon the trade, because, you know, the trade didn't become final until, I want to say, November the 12th. But I know that weekend, um, it was the weekend before the 12th. The 12th was on a Tuesday, you know, that Saturday. Um that Saturday is when it was agreed upon. And in those first uh, 13 games before the trade was agreed upon, he scored a total of 16 points. And had and there were seven games that he did not play due to coach's decision, right? So he scored a total of six points. He actually scored... Two points in three different games, right? So then when they agree upon the trade, um, and as you guys remember, you know, they Sixers acquired Jimmy Butler, Justin Patton, and they got rid of Robert Coven, Covington, excuse me, Dario Saric, Jared Bayless, and a 2022 second round pick, right? Now, before the trade, when the play was agreed upon, you know, typically until trades are finalized, guys do not play. The guys who are about to be traded don't play. So what that did is that left time for Corkmise to get some playing time, basically. So, you know, this guy comes in. Um, I remember his first game. He comes out, and he has uh, he had 12 points, right? He had 12 points in his first game. I believe he made three or seven three-pointers. Trying to look it up for you guys just so I can make sure I have everything right. And you're saying, like, wow. You're looking at it and you're saying to yourself, this guy could play a little something. Now, again, he, he was never a standout defensive player. Never, never. You know, so, and I think that that was a major reason why he had a hard time getting on the floor. Yeah, I was right. So, his first game, he had 12 points against Memphis. Um, He had 12 points. He was four for eight shooting. He was three for seven shooting for threes. He played 22 minutes and 53 seconds, right? So, then, two days later, that was on November the 10th. Two days later, the team is at Miami. And he has, I mean, the 12 points was a career high, y'all. So then he comes back with a career high, a then career high, 16 points against the Miami Heat. He was 5 for 9 overall from the field, and he was 3 for 6 on three-pointers. And you're like, okay, okay. Then the next game on the 14th, and this is when Jimmy Butler, because they played two games shorthanded before, you know, the Jimmy Butler thing, before Jimmy Butler played his first game. 
So Jimmy Butler plays his first game with the Sixers on November the 14th at Orlando. It was a loss, a five-point loss. Well, Moss has eight points. He's three for seven shooting, and he's two for two on threes, right? So as you notice, there's a guy, when you look at it, Again, he scored. He was scoring an average of, you know, he scored a total of six points through the first thirteen games. Now he's averaging six point nine points over the last fourteen, right? And in a way, that's not really that's not a fair assessment because. There are some games where he doesn't play a lot. He'll come in and he'll do, you know, situational things. Or he's, like, coming in and he's, like, trying to set teammates up. But, you know, this past game, Monday night, um, the Sixers, you know, played Detroit. You know, he had one of – he had arguably his best game of the season. I mean, he finished with a career-high 18 points. A career-high seven rebounds. He was four for seven on threes, and he shot seven for 12 overall, right? And the thing about Corkmines is the more he's out there, the better his defense is getting. So when you look at it and you say, man, they didn't pick up his two million three hundred thousand dollar option you know and at the time you know before the trade no you know you would say hey no biggie like he's not getting any minutes here you know his defense is struggling you know this and that it's not a bad move i mean hey you got you get some money on the cap now the people who who disagree with that will say, but look, all you got to do is pick up, the, pick up the thing. Just pick up the option. And what you can do is you can trade it. Like if you're not happy with them, you know, you can, you can package that in the trade. Now, right now, the hard part about trading for them now is that, see, here's the thing. The Sixers, he's going to become a free agent, right? He'll become a free agent at the end of the season. But all the Sixers can offer him is the two million three hundred thousand, right? That's it. That's all the Sixers can offer him. And I don't even know if it's three hundred, quite three hundred. I know it's like a little over two million, right? That's all the Sixers can offer him. Um, so yeah, I know it's a it's a little over two million. That's all they can offer. Him. So another team, let's just say. Um, since they played the Detroit Pistons, I'm just going to throw the Detroit Pistons out there. I'm not saying Detroit wants them. I'm just throwing Detroit Pistons out there. So let's just say the Detroit Pistons come and they say, all right, Ferk, um, you can stay with Philly and you make a little over $2 million. But what we'll do is we'll give you three or we give you two point five. You know, depending on how much money, if he wants to make a little bit more money, especially if you want, if you could get three million as opposed to two, you're going to go. Now, I believe it's the same way if a team trades for him, because since they'll trade for him, the Sixers didn't pick up his option. 
they can only offer him that, and he can walk and go anywhere else for free. I mean, excuse me, go anywhere else and get more money. So when you think of it, it's kind of like he's a hard guy to basically trade for, if that makes You know what I mean? Like It's like if you really like him, you're trading for him, but then it's not like you can offer him more you know, next summer. So you're basically stuck with it. So, you know, right then and there, that's the hard part with the whole, you know, Furcon Corkmise thing. But I'm here to tell you, you know, he looks good. He's been playing well. He, um, his confidence is there. And the one thing I like about him is when he gets out there, he just plays. Like, you know, there are certain guys when they make mistakes, they're looking over to the bench, you know, trying to see if Brett Brown's going to sub them out. It's like they're afraid to make mistakes. Cork Moss just goes out there and play, and I like that. I like that in a player. You know, it's like, hey, I'm going to go out here. I'm going to do what I have to do, and, you know, if you take me out, you take me out. I'm not saying he's reckless. I'm just saying that you can tell that he's a confident ball player, and <laughs> you kind of picked up on that beforehand when this guy was getting a racking up all these DMPs. All he kept saying is, hey, I want to go somewhere where I can play. I want to play. I think I can play. You know what I mean? It was like, you know, he realized that I'm not getting playing time here, but I know I'd definitely go somewhere else and play because I can play. And I always liked that about him. I really did. And his shoe game, if y'all don't know him, my man's shoe game is on fire too, his sneaks. He's a... he, he he's a little bit fashionable when it comes down to his gear, but um, that's that on um, Mr. Corkmise. And when we get back, I want to talk to you guys about the Sixers basically escaping um, or, or being lucky with the whole Jimmy Butler ordeal. All right, now the Seventy Sixers. Brett Brown, I wasn't at practice yesterday. Sarah Todd was. Yesterday was my my off day. But in his post-practice media veil, you know, uh, the Sixers basically came out and said that, you know, they didn't really see any, there was no significant damage or anything, anything. There was nothing, you know. Anyway, in other words, they were basically pleased with what they saw in Jimmy Butler's MRI. Um, you know, they didn't, Brett Brown didn't give a timeline for how long he'll be out. Um, it's kind of vague with that. But what he had is that he's listed, the guy is listed as doubtful for Wednesday's game. Now, tonight's game. Now, I I, I think it would be foolish for him to play. Um, let's just say if it was just a little scare or something like that, I think that you just need to, you know, get this guy rested up. Now, Again, like as I said yesterday, if this is an extended thing, I think the Sixers are going to have a hard time. I don't think that they can win an extended amount of games without Jimmy Butler in the lineup right now. I, I just don't. I mean, they gave up too much to get him. And so if Jimmy Butler doesn't play, you're losing, in my estimation, you're losing two to three players. I mean, because you gave up two starters and Robert Covington and Dario Sarge for Jimmy Butler. So right then and there, if you didn't make that trade, you know, you would have Dario and Cubs still. And 
if the Sixers go into a game without Dario and Cove, you know, be, you know, you would say, hey, this is going to be tough. So right now, you know, without Jimmy Butler, who is, you know, doing a great job of fulfilling both of their roles, or not their roles because he is a different type of player for them, but what I mean is fulfilling, like, the void that they don't have because of that, that's left by them, and he's also turned into the Sixers' third superstar. So you can say that he he is greater than the sum of two. And I'm not trying to do a math class, but I'm just trying to try to explain stuff. But anyway, so he's greater than the, the two. So if you don't have him, that's a loss. But if you don't have him, that's a major loss. But anyway, to get away from this, it's just my belief is that you know, it's good that it's not a serious growing strain. Now, sometimes they say even with the moderate ones, it takes a few games, a few weeks, or what have you. You know, I don't know the severity of how long he will be out. Um, but when you say that he's doubtful for a game, that's better than saying he's out. You know, sometimes it all can become semantics. We all know that. But at the same time, it's definitely better than the out thing. And I don't think that if I'm the 76ers, I'm not going to, I'm not going to rush it. I'm not going to rush it. Now, Friday they play Indiana. We'll find out more about that. But to me, you know, you have, you know, right now the 76ers have the third best record in the league. Um, they're two and a game, two and a half games behind. Uh, the Toronto Raptors, who have the best record, right? Um, So the thing is, I know they have Brooklyn tonight, right? You know, but then they have Indiana on Friday. Now, Indiana has the fourth best record. So right now, you're looking at the Sixers. They're 19-9, right? They're two and a half games out of first place. Indiana is 17-10. And the Pacers are four games out of first place, right? So let's just say if the Sixers lose tonight and they lose um, tomorrow, excuse me, lose on Friday, they would still be a half a game ahead of the Pacers. So, you know, I probably, so I don't think that, We'll be close. You know, I, I just don't think that uh, it's worth rushing them back then. And then not only that, they play Cleveland and San Antonio on back-to-backs. So they go to Cleveland. So me, I think that they could possibly get away. And who knows? It's up to him. It's how he feels. But I think that, especially if they win tonight, you know, I think that they can possibly get away with resting them three games. You know, you can rest them tonight, you can rest them, fri- rest them Friday, you can rest them Sunday, and then you can think about playing on Monday at San Antonio. Think about it. You know what I mean? And then after that, I think he should be ready to go. I mean, who knows? Again, it all depends on the severity of, you know, the injury. But I'm just saying is if it's like minor, 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 minor something, or it was just a scare, it's just, and I'm just saying, it's one of those things that just rest him just to make sure he's healed. Because 
you don't want this to reoccur, so to speak, later on down the road. And then once the, uh, you know, you're getting ready for the playoffs and you're like, oh, my God, Jimmy Butler has this, you know, groin strain, so to speak. So to me, that's why I think that, you know, hey, it wouldn't bother them if they rested them, like, you know, those couple of games. All right, now let's get ready for this third segment. And in the third segment, we're going to talk about tonight's game. I'll be right back. All right, y'all. Like as, as we pointed out about Brooklyn beforehand, you know, the Nets are a team. They kind of remind me of the Sixers a little bit, like during the Sixers uh, tanking days. And I'm not – Brooklyn is not tanking. But, you know, what I mean by their tanking days is just like you have young talent, young guys that are trying to see what really mixes. Um, they got guys who are quote-unquote college stars – you know, now they have college stars trying to find, you know, find their way in the league, like Joe Harris, Virginia, right now. Rondé Hollis, Jefferson, Chester Zone, Arizona at the at the four. Uh, Jared Allen, their center, you know, from Texas. You know, Allen Crabb, they acquired him in free agency. Um, you know, and then they also got uh, D'Angelo Russell. I mean, got him in the trade. Um, so, uh, actually, Alan Crabb, they got him in a trade as well, too. They tried to get him in free agency. This was crazy. Like, it was like they offered him the money, and then Portland basically accepted. And then all of a sudden, a year later, Portland traded him to, to him. So it was just kind of crazy. So, you know, but D'Angelo Russell... It's like kind of like, and when I mean by Sixers, like here go two guys who really didn't perform to the level that they were expected to at their squads. Now, Crab, his came after he got that money, after he got paid. Um, and Russell, we all know he was the second overall pick. He was with the Lakers. He was a guy that the Sixers wanted um, in the year, it was the 2015, the year that they drafted um, Jalil Okafor, but uh, Russell went to uh, the Lakers, and the Sixers drafted Russell, and now D'Angelo basically, you know, was was traded to the traded to the um, traded to uh, Brooklyn last year. Now the thing about D'Angelo is, you know, he's averaging eighteen point one points, three point nine rebounds, five point seven assists, and twenty nine point two minutes. The last game that he played against the 76ers, he had 38 points, right? So then you go to Jared Allen. This guy, the center, is going to be key to, to pay attention to what he can do with against Embiid. You know, he's averaging 9, 9.1 points, 3.4 rebounds, 1.1 assists. In his last game against the Knicks, um, he had 17 points. He had four rebounds and two assists. Now, the guy, um, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, my man from, you know, from, from Chester, you know, he's, you know, a 6'7", undersized power forward. But it works for him because, you know, he's kind of like, he's not really a three and a, uh, a stretch four. Um, but what he is is he plays... Big. He plays with a lot of energy. 
you know, I look at him more as a, um, uh, like a hybrid type of player. You know, a guy who's, you know, has the size of a wing or a guard, but he's so strong and he's, um, he's athletic and he's a quality defender. And when a team that wants to get up and run, you know, he's the perfect fit. And he's a great defender. Like, he'll guard, um, like, for instance, when they played the Sixers, you know, he was the one who was guarding Jimmy Butler on that last play. He played great defense, but as we all know, Jimmy Butler made a great three-pointer with uh, .4 seconds left to win the game. So, you know, this is the way the NBA game is going now with these smaller power forwards. I mean, you can even say Wilson Chandler is more of a wing than he is a four. So, you know, that's the type of role that Rondé Hollis Jefferson has. But he's averaging 9.9 points, 5.9 rebounds, and 1.6 assists. Now, the one guy that the Sixers need to really pay a lot of attention to is um, the Nets' backup point guard, Spencer Dinwiddie. You know, he comes off the bench and he produces a lot of points, scores a lot. I mean, the last game that the Sixers had and the one that they won, we're talking about Jimmy Butler with the game winner. You know, Dinwiddie, you know, he gave the Sixers 31 points. And so if, if Brooklyn can get... Dinwiddie off, if they can get Russell off again, and if Joe Harris can make some shots, the game could be a little bit closer than people in Philadelphia expect. And as I said, for whatever reason, you know, this team plays a whole lot better on the road than they do at home. Um, You know, I don't know the reasoning by that. Maybe it's a young team they get into, you know, on the road that's kind of more of a ritual, like they know – Okay, we're going to go to the hotel, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. As opposed at home, you may have too much free time. You know, you go back to your, your crib, you do whatever. Um, you, you have, you know, hanging out. I'm really hanging out, but, you know, you might have people over or something like that. So, you know, this is going to be a game to it could get interesting just because of, you know, Jimmy Butler's status. And even if Jimmy Butler was here, we have to face it that, you know, it was a close game the last time they played. Like, again, like I said early on, Brooklyn is 6-8 and eight on the road. They're 4-10 and 10 at home. Their overall record is 10-18. and 18. And they have a pretty good division record. I mean, you know, they're 4-2 and two in the division. But, hey, I want to thank you all for listening and have a great day.